This is the CPR for Life podcast with Drs. Sagar Doshi and Zach Harmosis. We specialize in both lifestyle and emergency medicine. This is the show that explains your health problems and how you can undo them. Quick disclaimer, even though what we say is evidence-based, we don't know your specific details. So this is just for education. Make sure you talk this stuff over with your doctor. Welcome back to the next chapter in High Blood Pressure. For this one, we're going to talk much more about what actually is the foundation of high blood pressure. How did it come about? And so if you can understand how it came about, you can understand better what you can do about it. So let me think about hypertension. The way I think about it is like this in little parts of it. High blood pressure is relying on a number of different factors. You can think of high blood pressure, your blood, like somebody that is living in your blood vessel and pushing out on the blood vessel itself. What is gonna change how hard they are pushing out on that blood vessel? One of the things is the size of the vessel, right? If you remember this, things you would play with when you were a kid, there are these little tunnels you will go in and you can, if you're on the, uh, what do you call it? The hay farms, where do you go in autumn and there's hay and pumpkins and slides, that has a name, right? Like a corn maze? Yes, those kinds of places. I grew up in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, those kind of places you will usually have this kind of tunnel thing where you get inside of it and you start walking and you roll the tunnel, right? Now, I remember being short or watching kids do it and they have a great old time and they fit in there perfectly and they're just pushing the right amount and they can spin and have fun and giggles. I've tried to get in there because it's still fun, but wow, am I crammed in there and I'm pushing <laughs> hard on the outside of this thing because I don't have a choice. That's how small it is. That's how big I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if it was bigger, I wouldn't have to push as hard out there and everybody would be more comfortable, mainly me. Yeah. So if it's too small, there's going to be more pressure. If you think about my basic understanding of hydraulics and mechanisms like that, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know more about this, but when you push into a fluid-filled cavity, the fluid moves and... You know, I'm going to abandon this analogy and you can just cut it I, out. No, I, I, don't I actually don't know it. if that's a bad <laughs> analogy because if you think of the, so if you think of the, your blood volume as you or the amount of fluid that's retained in your blood as you, since we're using you as our representation of blood for some reason, I don't know, we'll just go down the, the path you've laid out for us. And <laughs> the box that you're in or the corn maze tunnel, for lack of a better term, is your blood vessel volume, the allowable volume in your blood. It makes sense. So if you're pushing against that that container and if your container is your blood vessels and if you think of your blood vessels kind of like that big box but with the understanding that if you have plaque buildup or end stage of your or, or i guess end vessel breakdown so your capillaries are all beaten up because your blood pressure is high and we'll talk about that in a second but or something happens there where you basically have less of a container because if you look at all these these blood vessels they run in parallel with each other and if you remember your your series in parallel uh, physics, uh, Christmas lights, right? Um, if you have things in parallel, that actually lowers pressure, lowers resistance, and then it therefore lowers pressure. But if you cut some of those out, all of a sudden your container is smaller because there's less areas at the end for your blood to go through. And the capillaries make up a ton of our our volume of our blood vessels. So if you take out a lot of those capillaries, all of a sudden your resistance has to go up because you've got the same amount of blood going through a smaller container. So that will increase your blood pressure. So your, your analogy is good. It's just, you know, it takes a little bit of a, a leap of logic <laughs> to get there. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it brings up another right. good point where in talking about you, the volume, 
the um, amount of blood uh, or, or fluid inside your blood vessels, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of things that affect that as well. Uh, whether that's the actual fluid um, or the electrolytes that are flowing around or, or the, the solute, for lack of a better term, in your blood, which basically increases what's called the, uh, the what is it, hydrostatic pressure? Is that hydrostatic pressure? You're right. So it's not just the size of the vessel, but it's the size of the thing in the vessel too. So if I was substantially larger than I am, I'd be pushing out even further. I might not even be able to fit in that tunnel right. thing. But if I jammed myself in there anyway, I would certainly be pushing out harder. Yes. And so what is the stuff that makes the blood bigger, that makes it more voluminous? That's the next question, right? We Now we know that the size of the container matters, that if the container is bigger, there'll be less pressure. If it's smaller, there'll be more pressure. Now it's the thing in the container. So what kind of things influence how much blood is in the container? So one of them that you hear all the time is, is so, sodium. So you always hear doctors say, you know, salt in your diet, salt in your diet. And there's a reason for that is because when your salt is high, specifically your sodium, that's the main driving force for fluid to follow it. So if you take a membrane, and a permeable membrane, and put it between two compartments of water, and the water concentration is the same on both sides, nothing's going to happen. But if you put a bunch of salt on one side, the water goes, hey, I need to balance myself out here. So in order to dilute one side of it, fluid will leave from one side with less salt and move into the side with more salt in order to balance out the, the, the concentration. Same thing happens in your blood, where if you have a bunch of salt inside your blood, when your kidneys are filtering things, it's going to retain more water in order to dilute out that sodium to get to a number of concentration that it's happy with and when that happens it's pulling fluid from your kidneys into your blood vessels when that happens your blood volume the the size of sager goes up and the pressure goes up because we haven't changed the size of the correct tunnel we haven't changed the size of the container and the kidneys are in charge of that and you will eventually change the size of the container this is part of the problem with hypertension what happens is when you have those high blood pressures over a long time the capillaries erode they don't really like that high blood pressure so there's there's destruction of your capillary beds. So now all of a sudden you're decreasing the size of the container because the capillaries are getting worse and worse. And now like, you have the same like, amount of... What is a capillary? Capillary is where the actual gas exchange occurs for blood. So when your blood flow flows to the end part of a, you know, the end destination from the arteries to the veins, the transition point, it's where you're actually dropping off oxygen. And it's a really thin membrane so that everything can get dropped off where it belongs. The yeah. if those break, I like to think of it as extremely tiny tunnels. Yes, yes, but there's a ton of them. There's many, many, many tiny tunnels, uh, and over time, if those eventually get knocked out, your your container gets smaller. So now your fluid is getting bigger as your container is getting smaller, and you could see why that would raise your blood pressure. And that would not be comfortable. That would not. No, I don't want to ride that ride anymore. <laughs> and so, you can also think of it in the opposite way. Meaning, if you lose fluid from inside your blood vessels, you may drop your blood pressure. And yeah, that can happen in a controlled way. You lower your sodium, you take a medicine that makes you pee. Um, But it can also be what causes people to pass out. So if you recall the feeling that if you've been out on a sunny day, it's been super hot, you haven't been drinking enough and sweat, 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 you're getting dehydrated. That fluid's leaving somewhere. It's leaving from inside your body. It's coming out from inside the tunnel. And so if you stand up, you may pass out and go back down. Yeah, there's a couple other other things at play there, which I'm not sure necessarily are important here. But if it's hot, for example, your blood vessels are typically dilating because they're trying to let off more heat. So that will drop your yes, blood pressure. Point. And then when you stand up, 
uh, you get this this vagal response. So basically, when you stand up and you pass out on a, on a typically a hot day and you're dehydrated, when you stand up, your blood pressure will drop because when you stand, your fluid goes down, and the body does a good job of regulating itself, but sometimes it it misses the point. Uh, and in this case, your body goes, "Hey, we're not getting enough blood flow to the brain. I need to open up my carotid arteries and get more blood flow to the brain." So what does it do? It, does it opens up a lot of its blood vessels, so it makes that container bigger and it drops the blood pressure. So then it does the exact opposite of what it should do, and it drops the blood pressure more, and down you go. Yep. Speaking of people going down, if you've ever seen somebody get stung by a bee and pass out, that is shock. That's a state of super low blood pressure, and one of those reasons there is that your container, your tunnel gets super big. Yeah. They widen out. Yeah, and we see that in a couple of disease processes that, again, aren't necessarily important here. But yeah, that that is something that we're sometimes fighting against in the other direction. And so you can see how important it is What's in the container matters, just like the container itself. And then you touched on this very briefly, but you also mentioned obstruction in the container. What kind of blockage? Because if I try to get in that tunnel and there's already, you know, three or four kids in there and I'm trying to sandwich them out of the way, it's going to be a lot harder for me. Yeah. And so any any plaque buildup can cause that. Uh, so if you've got obstruction from that uh, so smokers or people with diabetes or other things that would, would cause destruction of those of those capillary beds would be problems uh, are the most common causes of that yeah and not just that but when you talk about those kind of plaque buildups those kinds of things you actually end up screwing up the part of the vessel that is responsible for adjusting its own size mm-hmm. you end up screwing up that inner lining that endothelium as it's called and changing its ability to get bigger when it needs to get bigger, get smaller when it needs to get smaller. And there are other things that can do that too. And so how big, how well this blood vessel can adjust, we'll touch on that right now, but we'll go into more detail on that when we talk about uh, coronary artery disease, heart attacks, things like that. But there are chemicals that get released within this endothelium, things like nitric oxide that are responsible for letting your blood vessels get bigger. And if they get bigger, the blood pressure goes down. Blood can flow more easily. And that's just one thing that can control it. Also what can control it is stress levels. If you are super stressed and you're ramped up for fight or flight, these blood vessels are gonna clamp down and your blood pressure is going to go up. And that system can get all screwed up by various things. For example, alcohol, sleep deprivation, smoking, stimulants, crack cocaine is a stimulant. If you think of that, that's a really big reason for blood pressure going up. Methamphetamines. Hopefully, none of you know what I'm talking about when I say these things. Hopefully, most of the stuff is also sounding familiar if you've listened to our old podcast with all the things that we, you know, sleep and stress and, you know, controlling all of those things because those, it's exactly how we kind of related it to before. Yeah. And we'll get more into detail on those lifestyle interventions uh, later on. But the flexibility of the vessel, how much it can change its shape and size. Then, in addition to that, you got to worry, you got to think about the blood pressure being affected by how much territory the blood has to cover, how long these tunnels are, and how much it needs to fill the tunnels. So if you've got the same amount of fluid in these tunnels, but now you've got to take that same amount of fluid and fill a bunch more tunnels, some things are going to have to change. You're going to have to start this... The fluid is going to have to be under greater pressure if it's going to go farther. And so one of the things 
that can make you need more blood vessels is having more body tissue. Mm -hmm. For if you're really obese, or even just some obese, but your body has more tissue in it, meaning it needs more blood vessels, meaning the blood needs to go further. And if it's going to be pushed out further, it needs to be pushed out with more pressure. Yeah, and and keep in mind this is part of the pathogenesis for things like congestive heart failure. When your body is, when your heart, I should say, is pushing out against these elevated blood pressures or has to push the blood farther than it's supposed to go, your heart muscle has to get bigger. There's no choice because it has to be able to pump hard enough to be able to get past all that resistance. And I know that we're kind of primed to think, oh, hey, big, big muscles, good thing, right? Heart to muscle, heart getting bigger, that's a good thing. No, not in this case. The heart's the one muscle you don't want to get bigger. Uh, it will cause problems because the, bl- the blood flow to the heart does not respond uh, in quite the way that it should. So the blood flow all of a sudden uh, is now trying to feed with the same amount of arteries to the heart, uh, more heart tissue. And that's how you get prone to heart attacks. Yeah, you got the same amount of food, but now you got a bigger family. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And that, that brings up the part that oftentimes people think that high blood pressure is strictly or mainly a heart-related thing, but actually it's more about the tubing. Yeah. It's more about the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And the heart plays in. It has some component, but it's actually not as important as the rest of the things that we've mentioned. Oh, I almost forgot one other thing. It's very commonly forgotten, like I almost just did, which is viscosity. Yeah. How thick the stuff inside the container is how much is it liquidy like water or is it sludge like vaseline mm-hmm. right if you think about let's say a water balloon and you've got a nice full water balloon and it's full of water and you're squishing on it it's very light it's malleable it's bendy now take that same amount of water in your head turn it into vaseline suddenly it's a lot harder to push on that much vaseline and the same thing is happening in your blood yeah. And when we think of things making it thick, gooey, uh, sludgy, that's usually grease. Is there something that causes your blood to have more grease in it? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm trying to I'm trying to allude to that, yeah. yes. there is, uh, The thing that leads to your blood having more grease in it is the eating of grease. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not too much of a, a stretch there. <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. Also, I think we'd be remiss not to mention things like hyperaldosteronism or renal artery stenosis, Mm. uh, Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that are more secondary causes than there are other ones. But basically, there's something else going on in the body somewhere that is causing your blood pressure to be elevated for things uh, that are not necessarily related stuff. So like a a renal artery stenosis, for example, you you basically get the the arteries leading to the kidneys are getting scarred down or they're becoming smaller. So the blood flow going to the kidneys is not as much as it used to be. Uh, And the problem with that is the kidneys are not your most intelligent organ. And they respond to that by increasing the blood pressure because they're going, hey, I'm not getting enough blood flow. And your kidneys are responsible for a lot of what goes on with your blood pressure in your body. That's why if you have uncontrolled blood pressure for a long time, a lot of times your primary care doctor will refer you to a kidney doctor because they're the ones who are specialists in managing blood pressure when it becomes hard to control. The, and I think they would argue with you about the kidneys not being smart, but continue. I don't know if they would. I think the, the <laughs> kidneys are pretty dumb organs. They just respond to whatever <laughs> the concentrations are. They respond to it. Don't worry about anything else. I guess each... They're it, just egocentric. They are. Ego- how does this affect me? I guess a lot it's of the... It's bad or- for me. Yeah. It's bad for everybody. I guess it's- a lot of the organs are egocentric and maybe individually they're all pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> but so the blood flow of the kidneys is low. The kidneys go, I'm not getting enough blood. The only way... 
for me to fix this problem is to increase the blood pressure in the body and push more blood flow to me. So they'll they'll increase things, random hormones in the body that will that will drive up your blood pressure. Uh, and, and a lot of people with renal artery stenosis will have difficulty to control blood pressure um, until they get that problem fixed. And then you've got things like hyperaldosteronism, um, which is part of your stress process in the body. Uh, but if you have a primary hyperaldosteronism or something that's causing your aldosterone, uh, which is a hormone in the body to be elevated, you'll get increased sodium uh, retention in the kidneys. And that, as we talked about, will increase your blood pressure. Uh, again, going into major details about that is a little bit past what we're talking about here. Uh, but suffice to say that those are a couple of the things that will cause elevated blood pressure that are independent from the things that we're talking about. Or I should say yeah, but- that cause part of the problem with the things that we're talking about, but act primarily as the reason for it. Yeah, that is actually a huge system for controlling blood pressure. The whole system's name, and we're not going to go in depth here, but it's the Renin-Angiotensin-Aldosterone System, or the RAA. And a lot of the medications that people are on for high blood pressure act within this system. Correct. Yes. So I think that's a good transition point. We can leave it here, and next time we can talk about treatments. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of them, and we'll start getting into them in our next podcast here. What treatments are out there that people end up getting on? What are the typical ways that people are treated? And what is it that you will hear most likely from your doctor? So I hope you will join us next time to get into that. In the meantime, if you enjoy this podcast, if you think it's helpful, find us on wherever you're getting your podcast and give us a five-star rating so that more people can learn about it and more of this information can get out and help people. Additionally, come see our website, cprhealthclinic.com, and see the other services that we have that we can help you with. We see patients, we have courses, and there's more stuff there. So check it out. In the meantime, remember, the way you live can save your life.